Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Hi, right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. Miller and Condon on a Monday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. is Trent Condon and Ken Miller. We're with you here up until noon. Appreciate you spending some of that period of time with us. BMW of Des Moines guest list looks like this. Bottom of the hour, Scott Dockerman, our first guest. He covers Iowa for the Athletic. The Hawks get back involved this weekend as they head to Madison to take on the Badgers. We will pick Doc's brain on that and pick his brain on what he saw from the Big Ten uh, this past weekend. He's at 10.30. Jeff Benson from Circa Sports. They have the radio real estate at 10.50. And Jeff Benson will opine from Vegas. Sounds like the betters for the third week in a row. Way to go, guys and gals. You put it to the books out there. Uh, Jeff Benson will join us. Tell us how bad it was so you can revel in your uh, knowledge if, uh, with Jeff Benson here, if you were on the right side of some of your plays this weekend. 10.50 for Jeff Benson. At 11.05, Bama, Bob, Trent, and I will go around college football from a national perspective. Uh, and then uh, Michael Swain from 24-7 Sports. He covers Iowa State. Uh, it's Cyclone Alert, and Michael will join us to recap uh, the win over Oklahoma State. Uh, talk about another defection in the basketball program, Blake Henson. You know, I kept looking forward to watching him play. Trent yep. Bessina for two years. After I watched him a little bit at Old Miss when he was a freshman, well, he's never going to see the floor. And Ames, uh, he is gone. Uh, but it'll obviously be more about football as they, uh, the, the Cyclones. Uh, behind Brock Purdy, who continues to play at an incredibly high level, pick off the Cowboys. Off they go to West Virginia. Sadly, the game's on ESPN Plus at yes. one o'clock in the afternoon. But um, the stories of this past weekend, what a what a what a game! You know, I got to give Oklahoma State credit. Got to give Spencer Sanders credit. Mm-hmm. I didn't think he could do it. Um, this was one of his better games, particularly through the air. Um, Spencer Sanders was good. I was surprised. Maybe his best game of the season. Certainly for the ones that I've seen it was. He played at a Mm -hmm. really high level. And those wide receivers, too, for Oklahoma State played at a high level. But another game where didn't get off to a great start. Felt like here we go again for a little bit during that first half. But you're right. Brock Purdy, mm. he was the difference in this. And Hutchinson, game. yes, <laughs> who was an absolute oh my stud. Gosh. And of course, got the flag, came yeah. back, got the touchdown a couple plays later. You know, I love that part, Trent. That they kept going to him. Yes, they yeah. kept going back to him mm-hmm. uh, to get him that score. I mean, look, I, I don't know how you could see any in the other. So maybe the worst call I've ever seen in sports. No, it's not because the call is right. It's the worst rule yeah. in sports, sure. But you know what? You but to the letter of the law. Pocket. He changed his gait. And that's what the rule says. Yeah, I know it says it. Brent, Brent Bloom tweeted it out yesterday to make the case that there shouldn't have been the flag. What he tweeted out makes the case why the flag should be thrown. Absolutely. Because it is a rule. But you can't. Come on. It's he a had, stupid rule. He had 20 yards on the nearest cowboy. 20 yards. And it wasn't taunting. No. That's not what it was. He changed his gait. And, and that's what the really rule says. really didn't high step. No. He changed his freaking gait, period. So we have to slow down on the worst call in history because it was the right call to the letter of the law. It's a stupid rule. It's a dumb call. It's idiotic that the ref would actually throw a flag. It's ridiculous. Looking at that. It's absolutely ridiculous. But by the letter of the law. It's the right call. It's It's the right call. It's in the rule book. So let's get rid of it right now. 
Let, let's have the NCAA right now. Because if we're going to throw flags for that, yeah. there's going to be flags nonstop. Yeah, but I want to know how many, how, many, how many officials would actually throw a flag at right. that point. One? That guy. We found that him. That guy? We found him. I mean, if if he, if the if there was a cowboy right behind him, or he'd just fallen, or whatever, and then, but this just just terrible. Anyways, huge win, massive win for Iowa State. A day where the Cowboys were going to do their damnedest to shut down Brees Hall, mm-hmm. uh, and they did. I mean, his reception was as big as anything. Sean Shaw, who was going to have an awful night of sleep. Gets let off the hook because Iowa State comes back. That was a unbelievable drop at that time. Look, everybody drops passes. Sure. Uh, but um, the way that turned out is the, is the drive. But Brock Purdy, again, this is, I said, we said last week, this is the best we've ever seen him play. It's back to back weeks and the defense coming up big and some young guys start. I mean, I seem young that play at the end. Now I look, if you want to pick nits about officiating, I think it was a first down. Yes, absolutely. I think it was a bad spot because he fell on the guy. You can't see anything to change the call. Right. And you that's what it was. Stick with the call. If it 100%. was called the first down yep. on the field, yep. it would have stayed. Agree with you. It was called short. Yep. And it stays there because you do not have the visual evidence to overturn well, the, the call. linesman who actually was on that side of the field and he was the one that spotted it short from where he spotted it, i thought he moved it up a little bit uh-huh. but you could see him running in before the lineman i think it was 51 but i could be mistaken comes and pushes does a little push that because he was on one of his own guys but you know what iowa state's been on the, uh, the uh, receiving end of so many of those calls you know, you got this one, and there was no evidence to overchange it, and that was an unbelievable game, a game you had to have, mm-hmm. and they got it. And now they're going to play in the Big 12 championship game. Oh. Yeah. Okay. They're playing in the Big 12 championship game. All right. This team is getting there. Yeah, well, obviously the path is no losses. Uh, Maybe Oklahoma. I mean, you could probably lose yeah. one. But lose to Oklahoma because, because tiebreakers won't two. be involved there. At 7-2, and two, mm-hmm. the only team you worry about is He's Baylor. Baylor. But even do you see Baylor going seven and two? I don't. Neither but do I. and if it's a three way tie, well then you get into a whole different set uh-huh. of circumstances. They're playing for the Big Twelve title. This team that yeah. we have seen the last two weeks now, yeah, they're back on the right side of things. Mm-hmm. Who scares you the rest of the way? Well, I was going to say Oklahoma, but Trent they <laughs> got lucky. That was garbage. I, I thought I thought Kennedy Brooks's momentum was stopped. It when, was stopped when Caleb Williams made an yes. unbelievable heady play. Mm-hmm. Grab the ball from him. Grab the ball from him. Look, now Kansas still would have had to score, but um, he was stopped. <laughs> he was stopped. And takes the ball away, gets uh-huh. the first down. Uh-huh. Because Kansas would have got the ball, the chance to score a touchdown to win the game, and they were moving the football they were up trend. and down the field. The Oklahoma's defense is not good. I stayed right there as the kickoffs were starting at 11 o'clock, mm-hmm. and you had the goofiness happening of all the lights shutting down. Scoreboard was off. It just it felt like one of those weird, eerie days yeah. from the get go. Yeah, it was going to be there. And Kansas was impressive. Then they threw the gates open and made an announcement: <laughs> If you're in the area, come on down. Come on down. You don't need a ticket. <laughs> right. Watch. And this they came one. in and they, they they made their way into the stadium and only to see you know their team go down. A right. But you know what? Uh, good on them for coming that uh, coming up with that idea. Yeah, but look, Baylor's not going to get through it unscathed. I mm-hmm. just don't see that. I don't. Um. Oh, fun weekend in Fort Collins. You know what's crazy too, right? We 
pissed and moaned all week long. Ah, oh, this is an awful schedule. Mm-hmm. Have you seen how putrid the early window is, Trent? Bama, that early window, try and find something to watch. The early window was spectacular. It was all over the place, wildness, goofiness. Yes. That's what college football can oh, give you. Oh, my God. In those fun. kind of days. Yeah, it would have been nice Penn to have State, some late Illinois. games. <laughs> Nine overtimes. So, the rule. The new rule yeah. in place. Yeah. Do you like it? I don't mind. Here's the thing I don't like about it. Quit switching ends. Yes. <laughs> you know what? That takes up so much damn time. Right, right. Just stay there. <laughs> And I get, and you can't go. Well, yes, yeah, part of the rule, though. You want to go in front of the students, or mm-hmm, right? So I get that part, and that the, the visiting team shouldn't be um, have to go in front of the student body all the time. But maybe you go to the neutral end, air quote neutral, sure. away from the students. But it just seemed like eh, it was okay. It was okay. I don't like it though. It yeah. just, it didn't feel like football. Right. Right. Get the ball in the three, mm-hmm. go again. All right, mm-hmm. got a chance. And there were a lot of opportunities for oh, both teams gosh. to win that one. I mean, talk the about undercashed yeah. in a nine overtime right. game. The undercashed. 2018, only in the Big Ten can you have a nine overtime game yeah. that finishes 2018. And it's funny because I think it was Rittenberg that started it, and I saw a number of people subsequently. Would you rather watch that or 6 4? Well, my answer is 6 4. 6 4 any day. Any day, right? Yes. That was a hell of a game. But this was different. I'm kind of glad that uh, Illinois picked them off. Yeah, shut up Penn State for right. a little bit. You see Circa put that number out at Ohio State, Penn State at 15 and a half, and it's already 18 and a half. Oh, really? I should have jumped. I, <laughs> I mean, who's beating Ohio State? Nobody. Right? Nobody. In I've the been, Big Ten we're talking I've been about. saying this for weeks. Mm-hmm. Thanks for finally coming aboard with me. Well, I bet them. That's a different team. <laughs> they are a completely different team than the one yeah. we saw in September. Yeah. They figured out the defense. Uh-huh. The offense is still great. Not only that, Stroud, remember, he was banged up at the beginning of the year. Yeah. He looks healthy now. Trent, he, there was a time when it, when the game was 44-7 to on Saturday night. His night, last 19 drives, the, with the exception of kneel down, mm-hmm. all ended in a touchdown. Wow. 19 consecutive drives for Ohio State. Stroud led them to a touchdown, with the exception when he was kneeling down at the end of a half or a, or a game. Not too bad. Yeah, I'll say. Yeah. I'll they, say. They have things figured oh, out. Oh, my gosh. And I told you on Friday, here we go. It's going to be Georgia and Alabama mm-hmm. and Ohio State mm-hmm. and Oklahoma. Top the brakes, Trent. I'm, still, I'm, st- I'm dying on that Cincinnati Hill. Why? I, did I'm you watch dying. them Saturday? They were yeah, I did, but you know what? So was Oklahoma. Yeah. Ohio State was Oklahoma good. Oklahoma has more than one big game on their schedule. Alabama though. was... Mm, they, they, they pulled away in the fourth quarter. Tap the brakes. I think Cincinnati, there's a lot of love for this, air quote, little guy. I'm with you on Oklahoma. And I'm not sure Oklahoma's getting through this unbeaten. Oh, I don't think so either. But even a one-loss Oklahoma. They lose to Iowa State and mm-hmm. come back and beat them in the championship game. Yeah. One-loss Oklahoma's getting in. We'll see. I th- I'm sensing more and more love all the time for these for these Bearcats. Well, the good news is, as it's continued, the schedule's garbage the rest of the way outside of the SMU game. I thought they had two. <laughs> who, who are they going to play in the championship? Uh, either SMU or Houston. Houston, yeah. That Houston game, did it ever end? It was, there was a weather delay. I don't know if I, it ended yeah. or not. Uh, I mean, I'm sure it had to have at some point, but... Tulane, Tulsa, South Florida, SMU, yeah, not good. East Carolina. Not good. Here's what they have to hope for. And the, and the, this might happen. Who's Who are they the biggest fans of right now? The number 11 team in the country 
who may not oh. lose another game. Notre Dame, another Notre one. Dame. What's Notre Dame's schedule? They got a couple of tricky spots. Couple. Couple. But nothing overly daunting. North Carolina, they have this week, and North Carolina is nowhere near what we thought they were going to be. Right. And what do you have after that? Well, they got us, They finish with Stanford, I know that. Which is not a great Stanford no. team, as we know this year. Notre Dame remains. Although Stanford schedule. did beat Oregon. North Carolina. Yeah. Navy. Yeah. Push, at, push Cincy. At Virginia. Yeah. They can score. Yeah. Armstrong's a stud. Mm-hmm. Georgia Tech. Yeah. Stanford. So root for Notre Dame because Notre Dame's going to be a top 10 team if they win out. Yeah. They're a top 10 team. This is why, folks, I'm not jumping off the Cincinnati to the playoff bandwagon. Need help, though. Need help. Ultimately. Need Notre Dame to keep winning. That will help. That's not the end-all, be-all, though. No, they could use another loss for uh, for Oklahoma. Look, it's going to be, I agree with you totally, that the best two teams in college football are Georgia and Alabama. And if Alabama loses for a second time in the SEC championship then, game, who would you, all right, let's say this. No, I agree with you. Alabama's a better team, but a two-loss team, and you've said it repeatedly when I keep coming up with these scenarios, ah, da, 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 da. there's never been a two-loss team getting the playoff, Miller. There hasn't. So... There's also never been a group of five team get in the playoff. So which one breaks the mold? Well, it's Alabama. Alabama loses a heartbreaker 27-24 to the best team in college football. I know. Could happen. Do you leave them out? We'll see. (laughs) Yes. We will see. Uh, Fun game. Fun weekend in college football. Not the shiniest slate as we talked about. But, man, there were some good, good, fun games uh, highlighted by um, just, just just the thriller in Ames. It was a thriller in Ames. It really was. Good defense, uh, good quarterback play. Both quarterback plays. Uh, both quarterbacks played very well. Um, Xavier Hutchinson, the Cowboys receivers were good. Jalen Noel didn't do a lot, but when he did, you know what? I was good. I, I should. I wrote this down. Good to see Tariq Milton get an opportunity because he's lost his spot on the depth chart, right? And he doesn't look as fast as he did last year to me. That that play that uh, that that big gainer thirty um, something yards, I think he's. There was a time that he runs away. He runs away. Yeah, but after the injury, right. After the surgery, yep. just doesn't have that same extra gear. Yeah. Here's the one concern, and I don't know the answer to this. I didn't see uh, anything after the game, and the press conferences aren't until tomorrow. Not that you're going to hear anything from Matt Campbell, right? But maybe Mike Rose is at the uh, is is made available. If he is, that's a good sign. Mm-hmm. If he's not, that's a bad sign because he didn't finish the game. He was hurt at the end in that final drive. And it, did it look like an arm, something on his right arm, yeah. right shoulder? It was kind of hanging a yes. little bit, yeah. And he's such a good player. He is. Does he seem a tick slower this year, though, to you? He's bigger. Maybe that's what it is. He he looks different out there. Mm-hmm. But you're right. I mean, that linebacker group just Ooh. as a whole. Yes. And you throw Vaughn in there when he's right. out there. Right. It's a really, really good good group. They are. And Will McDonald, boy, he made some money this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Is he um, starting to flirt with first round? Oh, I think so. Absolutely. Because remember before he really played significant snaps, mm-hmm. Bruce Feldman had his freaks list. He was on. Yep. And we saw him a little bit, but okay, he's a good athlete. Yep. And then you kind of hear about what he's doing in the weight room right. and the kind of times that he runs. Well, of course, he's got those measurables, but it's not just a measurable guy. Look at the stats. Oh. Look at the Big 12 last year. He's about to break Jaquan Bailey's record. Yes. Who he's one away. Was all-time sack leader in Iowa State history, and he's going to bust right through it. Yeah. And that was a guy that obviously had a lot of attention himself. Mm-hmm. As, well, he's just more of a pass rush specialist. 
with that athleticism mm. and ability to get to the quarterback, yeah, that guy. He's flirting with the first round. Yes. We'll, we'll see. Uh, we'll see. I see him young boy. That was a hell of a hit. It's too bad that kid's the size that he is, right? I mean, he's a well tiny in comparison. Yeah. Um, and what he's about six foot, but Bora, he brings it, man. He hits you. He's another guy that's got a chance. I mean, th- this was a big timer, true. Yes, it was. Now, we know the reason that he's not at Penn State and he's at Iowa State. Yeah, he's six foot tall. No, he got in trouble. Oh, I don't remember that part. The day before his 18th birthday, and he was with his brother, who was charged with armed robbery. Oh, I do remember that yes. part now that you mentioned And it. Penn State yes, let him loose. Yes, and, yes, yes, yes. And I here he is, that. but he has been nothing I've heard but a model citizen yeah. since he's been to Ames. Great. There's been nothing. He has been a really we good kid We got another chance. And he took advantage of it by That's what of you need to do, right? Right. We're all about second chances. Uh-huh. And the guy has taken it and run with it. Yeah. Championship game is on the table. It's, it's there. I agree with you. I mean, that Texas team will find a way to lose mm-hmm. because that's what Texas mm-hmm. does. West Virginia this week. Is there is there really any concern? Man. It's hard to... I don't think so. It's just because it's... They've been a disappointment. Yeah? I thought they'd be, a, at the very least, a tick better here yeah. in year three for Neil Brown. Mm-hmm. They had a nice win over TCU. I watched a lot of that game Did on you? Saturday night on ESPNU way more than I thought that I would. You got to fill me in. I didn't see hardly any of that one. I was watching the Buckeyes just no, I mean, obliterate D- USC. Daggy looks like a like a pro one one drive and the next. Drive. What are you doing? I mean, he makes some of the most head scratching. You don't have to do that decisions. Uh, and Letty Brown's Letty Brown. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a good player. They got a decent defense. But Iowa State's got better talent. Yeah, Talk better talent, it. and specifically under center. Well, in the shotgun, in this case. Um, guess you got to be worried about letdowns, right? I guess. It's a big but, environment. But with it's in front of them. That's why these kids came back. Right. Right? So the letdown, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I, I can't see it. Anyways, um, boy, the NFL was bad yesterday. It was. It was just a, it was a stinker. It was uh, my weekend that family was all in Sioux City. I had the weekend where I could just oh, watch football. This weekend? And it was not great. Did you call him and say, can you get home and do, go next week? <laughs> right, right. Oh, that was... Uh, we switch weekends on this one? Right. Eh, on so the much. fly? You're right. That was terrible. What an awful slate of games. What do you get excited about? What do you... You know, red zone, 2.30, what fl- I get flip to red about. zone, and it's exciting, and it's back yeah. and forth, and you're jumping around, and it just was awful. No, it, it was awful. It was terrible. Um, I thought, and I started, and I, and I thought I was going to watch most of it, uh, Cincinnati and Baltimore, because I thought it was going to be a hell of a game. Mm-hmm. And I've got an investment in Cincinnati, and it was a good game. You nailed Look, that one. Joe Burrow, Trent. Yes. Joe Burrow's. If you save memorabilia, don't we have? Don't you have a sports guy? Yeah, uh, the, the rookie. The yeah. rookie. Yeah, honors. I want to know what, what Joe Burrow gears. Joe Burrow might be the next guy that I spent some money on. It's been a long time since Ray Ordonez. I bought the wrong shortstop in New York, folks. This Jeter kid will never make it. But Ray Ordonez? He's the one. He's the guy. Well, if you're going to do that, how about Jamar Chase? Yeah. And you could see throughout that game, and I watched, that was probably a game I watched the most, just because Kansas City. Let's show up. We'll get to them in a moment. But they were making a concerted effort. We're not going to let Jamar Chase beat us. Yeah, he did. And Jamar Chase just <laughs> continually beat them. Right. I think that's a good Ravens defense. Mm-hmm. And he was a stud. You're right, Burrow. And his ability inside the pocket. It's, and he's to coming me, the off mark. a devastating yes. knee. The mark of a great quarterback for me is that ability inside the pocket to just slide. Just to. make that little yep. movement, a sidestep, a step forward, a step back, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and then deliver. And Burrow... 
of, of the young quarterbacks, he's as good as there is yeah. at that part of it. He's got the athleticism to get outside and make a few plays too. Mm-hmm. But more than anything, his ability inside the pocket is what separates him. Yep. You're an absolute stud. I, I wasn't sure with Burrow. The season at LSU was absolutely incredible. Right. But was it a flash in the pan? Right, yeah. Yeah. It was not. No. This dude is a stud. Mm-hmm. And Cincinnati, remember what they did with Carson Palmer? I mean, it was years mm-hmm. and years and years of just being really, really solid. Yep. Feels like they're trending back that direction again. Trent, they're on the come. Mm-hmm. The Cincinnati Bengals are going places. If you're a Bengals fan, I don't know there are any in so the market. Cincinnati's a playoff team. Yes. Are the Kansas City Chiefs a playoff team? Seven, no. get in. No. I don't think they are. Go through the AFC. Buffalo, obviously ahead of them. Cincinnati, Baltimore. Two of both of them are ahead of them. And Cleveland. Yep. And Cleveland. Yep, I agree. Tennessee. They're going to win their division. How about the week for Tennessee? I didn't think they could do no. it. No. To bounce back and then do to it. To beat the Bills and the Chiefs in a six-day period? That's incredible. You're not doing that. Raiders are two games in front of them. Mm-hmm. Chargers are 4-2 and two mm-hmm. off this week. Would you put the Colts ahead of the Chiefs right now? Because if you look at the schedules... Nah, not I, with Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz I liked last night. Yeah, except for that one... Well, of course, underhanded. that's that's part of the Carson Wentz <laughs> experience. experience that you're going to have. Yeah. you got to be prepared for that. You well, look that at the, miserable conditions last night. Yes. Look at the Colts' schedule, though, the rest of the way. Well, I know they, they mentioned the next three. They've got, like, the Broncos' first three, Giants, Jacks, and Jets. So, I mean, it's not that. It's it's kind of like that, right? It's uh Well, it's Titans this week, but then after that, Jets, Jags. There you go. Then they go to the that's Bills. That's a big game. Oh, Titans yeah. is a big spot. So... And remember, they got the Jags still twice. Mm-hmm. That helps if you're the mm-hmm. Colts. And the Texans. How many times they got the te- they played them yet? And maybe even throw... Then they got one more with them. Yeah. Throw the Patriots in front of them. Again, schedule eight it, because we're going to yeah. get to the Chiefs here in a moment. Yeah. This schedule is a bear, because this is what the Patriots have. Bron- uh, Panthers, win. Mm-hmm. Browns, Falcons, win. Still got... Ooh, two games left with the Bills, though. But they got the Jaguars, Dolphins to finish up, do the Patriots. Mm-hmm. And here is Kansas City. This is what they have left. Again, they're three and four right now. Mm-hmm. At minimum, nine and eight. That might get you in. Might. And it could be ten. But I let's, think you need to win ten. Let's say it's nine and eight would get them a spot. Just play it in that fashion. All right. They got to get six wins out of this schedule. Giants on Monday night. One. Packers. Mm. Mm. Rogers against that defense. Mm-hmm. I'll go two. Okay. I'll go two. At Vegas? No. Cowboys? No. Broncos? Yes, three. Home for the Raiders? Four. At the Chargers? Four. Steelers? Five. That gets them to eight. Two remaining. They still got Denver again. At Cincinnati? No. At Denver? Six. That gets you to nine. And that's being generous with the Packers. Now, they might beat the Raiders. A division game yeah. on the road to get to nine and eight and maybe get in the playoffs. I think it's going to take ten, and it's the NFL. Yeah, you and just Patrick Mahomes know. looks at anything like what has happened to this guy. I have no idea. He I mean, is. I'm seeing trade Patrick Mahomes while you still can. Right, <laughs> right. Slow down. <laughs> right. Slow down. It's been a bad couple of weeks, but trading Patrick this Mahomes is crazy. I understand. Fire everybody. Right, the lunacy that is. But oof. thank God for them. Right, they move our needle and they. 
Uh, keep a roof over our head, fandom does. It's unbelievable. All right, Scott Dockerman coming up in a couple of minutes. We'll switch gears, bring the Hawks into the conversation as they head to uh, Madison to take on Wisconsin. We will do that. Off to Vegas with Jeff Benson. We will go at about 10.50. Uh, let's get Jeff on in here real quick, Jeff. You're only going to get about 90 seconds. Use it wisely, Jeff. How are you? Doing well, guys. It was a good win for the Cyclones. It was a must-win if they wanted to continue to try to get to Dallas. But, you know, Trent, we got to pump the brakes on this. Now, if I came in here and I said, you know what, Iowa's still going you know, to Indianapolis, you'd be telling me to pump my brakes. And I'm going to be saying the same thing with the Cyclones. Now, let's let's take a deep breath. They beat they beat K-State first time since 2003 or four. They beat Oklahoma State. They haven't done it in four or five years since 2011. Those That's great. Brock Purdy, 300 yards, two touchdowns. That's great. They didn't cover. It was that a very close game. <laughs> well, well, we talk about lines on this show all the time. I get it, but yeah. it doesn't matter in the Big 12 standings if they cover it or not. Okay, all right, friend. Well, here's the deal. They're going to go up to West Virginia, and it's going to be a tight game. Mm-hmm. That game is that game's a 60-40 game. So for us to say that they're just going to stamp their seat to, to Dallas when Texas is still going to be tough, mm-hmm. Oklahoma's still going to be tough, Texas Tech, for some always reason, plays them tough. Well, so except when, the, guys, when Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback. Maybe that's well. Well, the problem is, is that you know a month ago this was one of the most overrated teams in the nation. Most disappointing, most disappointing okay. for a time. Well, yes, I, w- I would say top five most. Yes, what do you want to call it? I agree. So they went to, so they win two games, and now we're appointing them. I think it's Brock Purdy, Jeff. I brought uh, Jeff. I think it all has to do with the quarterback. It's the most important position in all of sports, and the level that he's playing at right now. I mean, find another quarterback. I'm sure there's a couple. But this guy's playing as well as anyone in college football, period. I don't, I don't disagree with you. Now I'm going to kind of steal a line from Matt Campbell. We're going to take one game at a time. We're we don't have to on the radio, though, Jeff. We don't have to well, do I, that I, on the radio. I, I, I understand that, but you get Cyclone fans that call in this show, again, like a month ago, that's wanted to see, you know, sit down Brock Purdy. Oh, yeah, 100 Deckers. Here we ago, go. Yeah, six weeks ago, they're talking about sitting Brock Purdy. Now that's, that's radio talk. Right? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? So we can go both ways. I'm just saying this is a different team. They go up a different mountain, like Matt Campbell said. Yeah. And let's just take it one game at a time with the Cyclones. I just don't want to have people jumping off the rooftops thinking they're going to Austin. You know what I mean? <laughs> Jeff, i got to let you go. Thanks for the call. I appreciate your welcome anytime. You are the show's caller. And we're grateful for you to do that. All right. Uh, Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. He will join us next. Vegas with Jeff Benson. Uh, coming up here in uh, about 25 minutes. It's Miller and Condor. We're on 1460 KXNO 106.3 FM. But right now, it's time for another $1,000 handoff. Text the keyword BANK to 200-200. Right now, it's your chance to win $1,000. BANK to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Doc next. Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO and 106. Bets off. Back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Ten thirty-five, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. If you missed it before we went to break, the first keyword on our program is bank. Bank to two hundred, two hundred. We'll have another one in the eleven o'clock hour. Right now, Scott Darkman from the Athletic joins us. He had a weekend off. Put your feet up on the couch and. Watch college football like the rest of us, Doc. What'd you do? How'd you enjoy it? Yeah, 
uh, doing well. I pretty much did that. Uh, you know, partly wanted to do a lot of stuff in the yard, but uh, you know, sometimes you forget your, you know, in your upper forties, and, <laughs> and and some of your muscles aren't as forgiving. So yes, I did. I watched a lot of college football on Saturday and a lot of pro football Sunday because I couldn't do much else. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, I was pouring here. I'm sure it was in the eastern part of the state as well. Anyways, Doc, let's get into what we saw in the Big Ten. Obviously, we got to start with the Wisconsin-Purdue game. Uh, I, Graham Mertz was 5 for 8 for 52 yards, and they ended up on the right side of the scoreboard. Um I mean, I don't know. I, I didn't see it. The, much of it was on the same time as uh, another game I was watching. Um what what can you tell me about it? I saw Wisconsin. They were having some success on the ground, certainly not through the air. Does this look like Wisconsin's starting to, you know, figure it out a little bit in advance of Iowa coming this Saturday? I think offensively there's still a work in progress. And as you said, the, uh, the passing attack wasn't uh, – I mean, it was about as good as you'd expect. They're not a very good passing team. I mean, they're uh, – you know they they, <laughs> they they have three interceptions or three touchdowns and nine interceptions this year, and that's, and that's really pretty much the, the story of the game for them. But then running the football, that they were able to break off some long runs. Uh, they looked a little bit better. Uh, certainly the running backs, you know, they're they're down to you know the a transfer from Clemson who looked pretty good, and then also uh, the the true freshman Braylon Allen looks good as well. But defensively, they are every bit as Wisconsin as Wisconsin has been for you know almost ten years now in that three-four set. So they're going to be a formidable opponent for the Hawkeyes, no question. And with that, a bye week to right the ship for the Hawkeyes coming off that loss. Wisconsin, though, they have been a thorn in the side last year. Iowa gets it done in Kinnick Stadium, but. We know how different last year was. Wisconsin devastated by COVID. Do you read anything to Iowa finally breaking through and getting that win against Wisconsin, or is it almost, we got to see it again? The 2020 was so weird, it's hard to put a whole lot into it. What kind of side of the debate are you on looking back at last year? Iowa won that game last year. Iowa looked good doing it, and Iowa was as competitive. I think Iowa would have been competitive with just about anybody at the end of the year, save for Alabama. Uh, but that said, it was last year, first of all. And second of all, yes, they were kind of ravaged by COVID. Their offense was not real good. Um, and Iowa's was. At that point, Iowa hit some long you know, runs, long touchdown passes. So, uh, But defensively, it was about an even fistfight. And that's usually what you get with these two teams. So I, I look at it as a completely different year. So that's not a um, knock on last year. Um, these teams have played very close games by – for the most part, I mean, I won by three touchdowns last year, but you know, two years before that, it was twenty-four twenty-two, and it was a you know, thunderous collision right inside the one-yard line that prevented it from you know going to overtime or at least uh, keep Wisconsin from scoring a touchdown. But but if there's a hallmark to this series, and it has been for twenty game, straight games, is that the the team that runs the ball runs for the most yardage has won eighteen mm-hmm. of them. So running the football is, is almost mandatory in this game. And and so Wisconsin has been better at that, um, certainly as of late. Um, 
but I don't think either team is going to have a lot of rushing yards on Saturday. So Brian Ferentz, obviously, um, you know, Parker had some things to tweak as well after David Bell did to his uh, defense what you know David Bell normally does, with the exception of this past weekend. But Brian Ferentz had some, you know, some adjustments to make, whether it be offensive line or you mentioned getting the run game going because it's so paramount against Wisconsin. What can they do in the in in a week's time? Uh, to you know, to inject some new life into this offense, Doc. What could Brian Ferentz come up with this week that we may see different, if anything? <laughs> I think it more, at this point in the season, there's not a whole lot of new they could do. It's more like how much. Uh, it's kind of like turning over the uh, the laundry detergent bottle and trying to get as much as you can for a couple more washes. Um, <laughs> and I think part of that is trying to figure out which personnel groupings are the best. For what uh, t- for what uh, certain plays and and what you want to do, and then also try to figure out if you can get the best five linemen on the field. I think it really starts with the offensive line, and there needs to be some urgency there because they haven't played real well. And we're not talking about your typical eight and four Iowa. Maybe if they improve, they go to the Outback Bowl type of team. This is this is a team with championship aspirations that it should have them. So they've got to get more out of the offensive line, and that very well could be, you know, we're going to stick with these five guys and we're going to run, you know, run with them, or maybe it's not, you know. But I, I do think from what I saw um, and kind of re- going through everything is, one, when there are two tight ends or if they've got a fullback on the field with, one tight end, they're probably better off right now. They're more physical, and uh, they, they seem to be more productive in the running game. So that might be something that they might want to do a little more often than the three wide receiver set, which is still their prevalent set. And then also, I think jet sweep motion, they, ha- they've, they haven't done it with a lot of consistency. I think you want to do that more often. And then thirdly, I like the progress of the freshman wide receivers. I would get them in the game more often. I would put Keegan Johnson mm-hmm. as pretty much your ex and I would get Tyrone Tracy off the ball because Tyrone has not performed the way that he wants to or they need him to. So I think those are the, the tweaks, the changes I would make on the offensive side of the ball. Trying to get anything going there. Now, there's no wide receiver you have to worry about like David Bell, though. Wisconsin did a pretty good job of him. <laughs> yeah. Still, what did you see? Where did those cracks come from? Is it still just that schematic style that what Brom does is such a problem for Iowa with the coaching staff or – was there more to it, more concerns, maybe that defensive line not getting in there, getting the pass rush, getting their hands up like they did over the first five, six weeks? There's a difference in style that Purdue's able to take advantage of with Iowa that other teams don't, and that is that Iowa runs the two-gap scheme up front, which is it's a, it's a lateral first step, and then it's a forward push. When you run a quick passing attack, it is really hard to get to the quarterback when you do that. And you can't just magically turn that off and say, oh, well, this game, we're not going to do it that way. It's just you can't do that. So that, to me, is, is really the hallmark of it, whereas Wisconsin is constantly attacking. Wisconsin has generally two, sometimes three guys with their hands down. Then they send linebackers from everywhere. They're very gap-sound. So there was really a lot of pressure applied, and it was confusing to the Purdue offensive line, which really kind of – and then they, they bracketed Bell much better than Iowa did. There was no question about that. But, but I really think that that was really the hallmark of how Jeff Rom is able to attack Iowa because they do stay in their zones a little bit longer in the secondary. They don't deviate much from that, which is successful when, when they can do all the right things, but you're not getting pressure on the quarterback 
then I think uh, then it, then it really makes it difficult for the back end. Doc, let me pick your brain on this, uh, since both Minnesota and Illinois still to come on Iowa's schedule. Minnesota has been a different football team the last couple of weeks. I get it. Um, you know, it's Nebraska, and they're having a real struggle uh, in Maryland. We saw what the Hawks did to them on that Friday night, the first one in October. But here's the biggest, maybe Minnesota is the biggest surprise to you, but this past weekend, Doc, biggest surprise to me, and the nine overtimes did not figure into the this at all. Illinois had run for 357 yards against that Penn State defense. Where did that come from? That's their uh, that's their physical style of football that is really paying off. I mean, they are they are what they were with Bielema and up at Wisconsin, and they just continuously pound it. And um, you know, not having PJ Mustafer, one of the players who was hurt early in the Iowa game was a killer for Penn State. He was an All-American caliber defensive lineman. That said, just the way that they were able to just continuously be very, very physical at the point of attack and win those blocks, I mean, that was that was impressive to watch. And, and then also, Penn State is, um, by not being able to get <laughs> any kind of a real offensive push anymore i mean they can't run the ball and then they and sean clifford did not look healthy at all for that game and and so i i question a lot of what penn state was trying to do and and i and i fall back on i think james franklin didn't do a very good job coaching that team the last couple of weeks scott dockerman from the athletic doc what have you got coming up this week anything you would like to promote yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm right now. I'm looking at uh, just kind of some of the differences between Iowa and Wisconsin. But you know what you're going to get the yep. physicality on both teams. So that's really what my first focus is. But I'm going to do you know a reporter breakdown with my uh, Wisconsin colleague Jesse Temple, and mm-hmm. for uh, for Wednesday we're going to really go under the hood on both teams and kind of go back and forth. And then I'm looking at some of the wide receiver options for the Hawkeyes to see if they can squeeze a little bit more out of that uh, that passing game because they're, they're going to need it the rest of the way. Favorite road trip in the Big Ten for you? <laughs> yeah, because it's the closest. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, that's that's what I, I kind of gauge them by some of the time. I'm not as outward, uh, you know, when I go to some of these spots. But, yes, I, I will take a trip, a two-and-a-half-hour trip to Madison over a, you know, five-and-a-half-hour trip to, Penn, uh, to Purdue or someplace like that. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. You can read The Athletic for all of the coverage there. Look forward to your Wisconsin uh, and uh, your colleague from Wisconsin and your back and forth. That'll be fun. Thank you, Doc. We'll talk to you next week. Appreciate it. Uh, all right, thanks, guys. Good to talk to you, Scott Dockerman from the Athletic. What's your not fear factor? What, mm-hmm. What's your give me your take on a Monday for this game? We tend to overreact when Iowa loses, mm-hmm. and because it can look bad, as it did yep. last time out. I think a bye week will help, though. Iowa's not sterling record coming off buys, maybe not as good as some people would anticipate. Does the fact that Wisconsin did to Purdue what Iowa couldn't no. the week before factor in at all? No, it's just they got to figure out Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And I, I I still have no hope that this offense is all of a sudden going to figure it out. It's, Can they run the mistake? ball? No. You know, that's a, that's a great point. This, this game may come down because I think they're pretty even. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a mistake, it's right? It's the 10-6 game of 2015 Yeah, where offensive lineman steps on the quarterback's foot for Wisconsin, he fumbles the ball. <laughs> Huge. That, that's what it's going to come yeah. down to here. A muff punt is something like that. It's field position, ugly. You get to 12, you win. But the muff punt in a Sunday night football game last night? Did you see that? Wow. What a rule. 
What a rule. Just run it back into the end zone, get a touchback. Hats off to Terry McCauley, who's as good as there is as far as officials and booths. Instantly. Boom. No, 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 no. Um, that, that That's going to be fine. That'll be their ball. We will come back uh, with um, Jeff Benson from Circa. He's next. 1460 KXNO10R.com. All right, Miller Condon, welcome back. 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Well, for the third straight week, the betters took it to the books. Had a beautiful day. See what I did there? I did. Now I get it. I didn't at first, but now I do. I have to explain it, Trent. Uh, let's get Jeff Benson in here. Jeff joins us, of course, from Circa, where he is the uh, sports book manager, sports book operations manager. Jeff, Trent, and Ken, thank you for coming on, Jeff Benson. Well, you guys took it on the chin for the third straight week. The betters are having their way, which is rare. How are you? All is well. All is well. Uh, obviously, it, uh, this this last weekend uh, certainly wasn't as bad as the prior yeah. uh, two weekends. Uh, got beat up a little bit. Uh, fortunately, uh, the cold uh, result last night on Sunday Night Football uh, was able to stem the tide a little bit. Uh, but usually, as most uh, sports book managers say, uh, the lights will certainly come on on Monday morning and we'll... Uh, We'll carry on to week eight. You know, one of the most intriguing games for me and what on paper was just a terrible slate of NFL games yeah. was that Houston-Arizona game. Houston comes roaring out 5 nothing into the second quarter, but that line just kept building and building and building as the week went off. I don't know. I didn't see where you guys went off. I saw it, I think, a 21 in a couple of places. Wow. Where'd you guys end at? And when you have a bad team against a good team and you just keep getting that money, and I'm sure money line parlays and on and on and on, how difficult is it just to keep raising that number up, knowing that there'd be some liability there to maybe get middled? Yeah, uh, it was. It, it's funny you say that. Uh, when it was uh, when it was seventeen to five, um, wasn't in a great shape for us because um, if if they scored and it was twenty four five, which is such a weird score, but uh, nineteen was a really bad number oh, for us. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you mentioned. You know, when you open some of these games, you know, 15, 16 points, um, and then they have the ability, uh, you know, to drift up, you know, two, three points. Um, obviously, a move from, you know, say minus three to minus six uh, is probably going to be more impactful uh, than, say, a move from, you know, 18 to 20, just given the numbers that you're going through uh, in terms of, you know, three, four, five, and six is probably going to be more key than you know, say a 17, 18, 19. Uh, but in this case, uh, obviously, we took quite a bit of Cardinal money on the way up. Uh, then, obviously, you know, when you touch 2021, uh, you're going to see a little bit of buyback and resistance in the market. But, you know, we were sitting there for uh, for a second late in the third, uh, early in the fourth quarter, where it was where it was 24-5 and 19 was a really, really bad result for us. So, uh, you know, fortunately, we were able to, uh, to get the Cardinals to score one more touchdown so it wasn't a, a complete bloodbath. But, you know, to, to your point, with some of these, you know, uh, you know teams, uh, you know, when you look specifically at that Cardinal-Texan game, uh, obviously you got a Cardinal team that's 6-0, and you know, perennial Super Bowl contenders here in the NFC. Uh, and then obviously, historically, I think you've seen here in the last couple of years, we've just had some really, really bad teams, you know, whether you're looking at the Lions, uh, you know, the Jaguars, the Texans, 
Jets with no Zach Wilson. You know, they brought in uh, Mike White, mm. uh, and they just got completely dismantled against the Patriots. So I, I think you're seeing the parity, uh, or shall I say the disparity, uh, between the upper echelon teams and the bottom echelon teams, uh, you know, continuing to grow. Uh, you know, when you look at a week like we did last week, you know, where you have three, four, you know, five games that are double-digit spreads, um, just because these bottom feeders are so bad, it it really puts the books in in a difficult position uh, when you get a lot of these favorites to cover. Jeff Benson from Circus Sports. Of course, Circus Sports available here in Iowa. If you like to follow college football, if you like to bet on college football, they are the first ones to post the number uh, early afternoon here in Iowa. The college games go up, and they will let you have at them. I want to go back to the NFL, though, Jeff, for just a second, and you mentioned the haves and the have-nots. The Chiefs are starting to look like, I don't want to call them a have-not, uh, but kind of a, you know, a middling team, if you will. Where are the Sharps on the Chiefs? Have they given up on this Kansas City team? Or is it just the Joes where I fall uh, that for some reason still believes in this team that, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes is going to figure it out? Are the pros starting to give up on the Chiefs? I think, uh, you know, for me, uh, we saw, you know, some decent, you know, sharp play. And, you know, I personally saw some respected opinions uh, on the Chiefs this week. Uh, I bet the Chiefs, uh, you know, I was in favor uh, when you look at their metrics. Uh, Obviously, they were bottom of the league uh, in terms of turning the ball over. I expected a little bit of regression to the mean there. Uh, And when you looked at offensively what they were doing, they were leading the league in uh, you know, points per drive. Um, obviously, they kind of came out, uh, you know, late in egg there versus Tennessee. Uh, and through seven weeks, you know, they're three and four. Uh, you know, maybe it's a little bit of that Super Bowl hangover. Uh, obviously, the schedule's been very tough, you know, with you know with playing Cleveland, you know, the Titans, the Bills, the Ravens. Uh, and they haven't, you know, necessarily performed, you know, overly well against any of those teams. Uh, obviously, defensively, they have not been able to, to get home and, and, and pressure, uh, and their secondary is just a total mess. Um, you know, I think when you look at the schedule the rest of the way, uh, it, it is definitely difficult, you know, especially here, you know, in, in three of the next four weeks. Obviously, the Monday night game uh, versus the Giants, maybe not so much, although that spread on the look ahead line was 13, 13 and a half. Uh, and, and when we released uh, the uh, the lines for week eight last night, uh, we opened minus 10 on the Chiefs. Mm. So obviously there's also some health concerns with Mahomes, but I'm not ready to, to, to wave the white flag yet. Um, I certainly think they can, uh, you know, put it together if they're able to get, you know, anything out of that defense. Um, but I still think with Mahomes behind center um, and how talented offensively they are, um, I wouldn't be waving the white flag just yet. It'll be interesting to see what you know their Super Bowl odds open up mm. at. Uh, but they've certainly got a you know a challenging road forward here in the AFC, and um, obviously it looks like there's a very good chance that uh, you know Buffalo, with how easy of a schedule they have coming in, um, are probably going to get the number one seed. Um, but I still think uh, Kansas City can make some noise in the AFC and the AFC uh, West, uh, particularly. Um, so for, for, for me, I'm not necessarily giving in. That'll be interesting to see how the market responds yeah, to them. For sure. um, but, you know, I, I don't expect their Super Bowl odds, you know, at least this week uh, to drift too much. 
All right, there's Jeff Benson from Circa right now, Monday Night Football, the uh, Saints favored by four. Jeff, thank you. CircaSports.com for you folks here in Iowa. Jeff, we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Thank you. Thanks, gentlemen. Have good a good talk to you. Hour two.